Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I've been asked many times lately to do another solo episode, no guest, to catch you up on, on what I've been investigating lately, the trips that I've been on, and give you some wisdom and philosophy. And I'm up for the challenge, I can tell you. I thought today that I would make this my legacy episode and load it up with as much good stuff as I can so that you can always have it to come back to, to remind you of the fact that life after death is real, of who you are and what your life is for. If you are one of my longtime listeners, I want to thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart. You may have invested several hundred hours listening to me, and I thank you for that. No one listens to this episode just for entertainment, although I try to put in some of my own humor. But we come to this show for evidence of the afterlife, to help ease our pain, to give us hope, to give us tools to connect with our loved ones in the afterlife. But also, it's my aim for every show to leave you with some tools so that you can live a better life now while you're here. If this is your very first episode with me, a warm welcome. To tell you just a little bit about me, I'm recording this actually on January 19th, 2018. I'm a 51-year-old single lady, and I live in Massachusetts. I live in my, with my aunt, and we have a cat named Harry. My mom and I work and own a good catering business that we created over 30 years ago, and we cook for race car teams around the United States and in Canada. It's not an easy job. Uh, in fact, I'm traveling to Daytona later today, where this coming week we will cook for over 1,000 people per meal. Not an easy job. I'm on my feet very long hours, but I work with people I dearly love And, of course, I love my mom, and I get to be with her. The world of investigating the afterlife seemed to come out of really nowhere for me. Back in 1996, I still remember, I developed a huge fear of dying. It plagued me for years, and the only way I could deal with it was to start looking for answers to life's biggest question. Is life after death real? So now, here in 2018, it's 22 years later, I have thousands of hours of investigations under my belt, and the answer to that question is yes, 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 yes. Life after death is real. As humans, have you ever noticed that we want the quick fix for all of life's problems? I can't tell you how many diet books I've bought and get-rich-quick programs, CDs, online programs. You know, I'm exaggerating with the get-rich-quick part, but I really have invested tons of money in things, only to start reading them and then disappointed, realizing how much work I had to physically and mentally put in myself. And then ultimately, I have no results. (laughs) So a warning, this episode is going to give you some incredible information. And after listening to it, you can certainly blow it off like you've never heard it, or you can start your own journey yourself. I can promise that if you start the journey of discovering who you really are, and I mean who you really are, you will not be disappointed. I saw a video this morning of a man talking about our minds. He said, our minds are like six-year-old children. They're constantly talking and wanting things. 
You ever notice we have no willpower? We set out to eat healthy, and sooner than later, the six-year-old wants the donut or cake or chocolate. Most likely, the six-year-old wins. We also don't like people telling us what to do or what to believe. And I can certainly understand that. When someone says, Sandra, you have to do this, uh, I say, no, I don't. And somebody says, I can't do something. My reaction is, yes, I can. We as humans want to believe that our mind is our friend, but it doesn't seem so. How often does it tell us to hit the snooze button in the morning? Or our first thoughts in the morning are with these disempowering thoughts, like we're not good enough, not thin enough, and not smart enough, not lovable enough. It starts thinking about the day ahead and plays out all these scenarios, these what-if scenarios, most of them being negative. Our mind rarely, I don't think it very rarely, if ever, pats us on the back for the good in our lives, does it? Think right now of something that you've done in your life, something really great. It could be the birth of a child, uh, starting a business, getting your education, whatever that may be. Now, take a look. How often does your mind remind you of that? Rarely or never. It simply looks to blast us with the mistakes and failures we've made and worry about the future. You know, all of us have one of these minds. I can't say it's good or bad. It just is. I actually think it's part of the human design. It's like a gatekeeper. It wants to keep us safe. Even if you're suffering, it knows that you've survived living this way. So it would rather have you keep suffering than trying something new. Our mind doesn't like new things. This is kind of funny. I remember my little sister as a six-year-old. She took one look at chocolate ice cream and thought it was the most disgusting looking thing she ever saw. She cried. She screamed, I don't want it. Get it away from me. Then one day she tried it. It opened up a whole new world of deliciousness. So your mind now is listening to this episode. It very well might look at what I am saying and go, "Mm, no way, that's not possible. I don't want this. Get it away from me. Or you can gently nudge it and say, let's listen to Sandra. Let's, Let's give what she's saying a try. So my request is, will you pay attention during this episode and listen to what your mind is telling you? I do believe that we are souls who have come from an unseen place, living a life on this planet we call Earth. We are here to learn, to experience, to make mistakes, of course, to grow, to learn, to forgive, to share, to help others, and even to play. From what I've gathered, living human lives is the place to do just that. Where we came from and where we go next are great places, but these experiences are not there. In the life before this life and our life in the afterlife, there is only light, so we cannot experience darkness. There is only love and joy, so we cannot experience fear and sadness. Now, why would we want to experience fear and sadness? Well, let's take a look at our lives from the eyes of believing that your life may very well be an education for the soul. Can you look back on your life and see how far you've come? Can you see your past and all the things that have happened that made you who you are today? Can you see a failure in your past that may have, may have led you to being successful now? Can you see a decision or a choice you've made that led you exactly where you are now? 
Can you see how you may have helped someone in their lives by doing one small thing? Can you see all the wisdom you have gained in your life? As a teenager, I thought I knew it all. I thought my parents were actually stupid. And it's funny because now as an adult, I can really see just how much they knew and how much I've grown. You, my friend, are on the journey called life. No matter how old you are or how much time you think you've got left, you are in the perfect place. It's the perfect time exactly where you need to be today, even this minute. Now, how do I know this? Because if you were meant to be somewhere else, you'd be there. You wouldn't be here listening to me. And again, I'm grateful you're listening to me. I recently thought of a fish under the water living in its coral reef. It's fairly safe. It knows where to get its food, and it knows where the dangers lie. It has its friends, its community, and just lives like a fish and does what a fish does and thinks what a fish thinks, and he knows how his life is. So life for this fish is is his coral reef, and that's it. So one day, our little fish explores the deeper depths of the ocean. You can imagine this would be mind-blowing to the fish, and when he returns to his coral reef, He feels safe again, and sooner or later, he forgets all about this little trip, and he's comfy in his own home. But in his dreams, he thinks of the discoveries he's made and knows there is something more outside his comfort zone. The seed has been planted with our little fishy. Now, you and I know something that the fish does not. There is much more to this planet than just water. Could you imagine if our fish could see the land on planet Earth. If fishy could see the whole world filled with cities and deserts and jungles and forests, if fishy could learn about technology and music and the internet, he'd have problems text messaging with his fins, but you get where I'm going. Fishy's mind would be blown. He couldn't handle it. It's way too much for him. Plus, his current body wouldn't allow him to live there. He is safest in his coral reef. You and I are much like fishy. It's easy to buy into this world that we see in front of us. We know where we are safe, but we also know the fear, the pain, the struggle, and the adventure and the deeper depths of life. We may have even experienced so much right now. However, like fishy's mind would be blown if he ever experienced life outside the water, our human minds cannot consistently handle thinking about the reality of the afterlife. So even looking at me, 22 years now I've been investigating, and I wake up every day with that negative six-year-old mind chatter wanting to stay in bed. I'm no different from anyone. However, I'm lucky enough to have this radio show to talk to great people and even meet listeners like yourself to remind me that there is life outside of my little coral reef. You can stay with what you know, or you can broaden your mind and grow your soul. I will give you everything I've got just to do that. And I think I actually know that I've dedicated my life to doing this. But this episode isn't like that diet book or that get rich quick book. It gives you a taste and opens up a world that can lead you to discover if you want more. For me, this adventure has been the best adventure of my life. Through my greatest pain has come... Oh, my greatest happiness. There's a great quote that says, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. And I love that. We can stay in our coral reef or we can explore.
I believe we humans are built for adventure, and there's really no right way or wrong way of doing it. It's just moving forward is all we have to do. So what I want to do now is give you just a little condensed version of why I believe in the afterlife. And if your mind starts telling you, no way, just remember that fish or that six-year-old mind (laughs) that would rather stay safe. So here we go. First, I believe in mediumship. Yes, this is going to a medium and having them tell you who your deceased loved ones are around you. Now, I do know that not all mediums are good ones, but I know that mediumship is something we can learn and there are some excellent mediums around. I know that when we can quiet our mind, which really takes something, and we set the intention of connecting to our loved ones, communication can occur between us. Now, I am saying we can do this. You can certainly go to a medium and connect with a loved one, but you can also learn how to do it yourself. Remember, we are souls having a human experience. We are so much more powerful than we know. In my travels, I've had a lot of medium readings, some to heal my grief after the death of my dad, my grandmother, and my pets, and some just for pure investigation. And if you've listened to the show, you know I've interviewed plenty of mediums, and many of them have given me readings. It's been great. Some mediums that I have come in contact with were great, and some not so good. And I do believe there are people preying on the grieving who do what's called cold readings. They give very vague information just to take your money. But I have taken mediumship courses. I have been to the prestigious Arthur Finley College in the UK, which teaches mediumship. I have taken courses, uh, day courses, weekend courses, and most recently I attended a workshop at Banyan Retreat that I got to practice mediumship once again. And just to tell you a little bit about me, I've dabbled in doing medium readings enough to know that there's been some great evidence that has come out of my own mind and has helped others. But I also have a very vivid imagination. So as many times as I've been right, I have also been wrong. So I've not really taken the time to explore and strengthen my mediumship abilities. So at Banyan Retreat Center in November, there is a woman called Eileen Davies, who's a a medium. She's great. And she did one of the workshops over the the five-day course was we got to actually learn about mediumship and everybody give it a try. So there are people there that have never done it before, some that had. And I remember, you know, I've got I got a pretty big ego, I think sometimes. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, this will be no problem for me. I've done this before in group settings and uh, no problem. So with my eyes closed, I had a person in front of me and I didn't know who the person was. And the idea was to pick up on their energy and to do a, a reading. And guess what? I got every bit of information wrong about this person, uh, about their loved ones. And it simply was my imagination. So we had to do it again. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, it's never going to work. And I actually sat across from a, a woman that joined me on the trip. And this woman's husband had passed away seven years prior, leaving her with two sons. And um, she's been to her fair share of mediums that didn't do so great, didn't give her the evidence she needed. And there she was sitting in front of me. And I said, you know what? This woman loves me, listens to the show, 
it's okay if I'm wrong. And I asked her, I said, I'm going to just make something up. Is that all right with you? Because I said, I blew it the first time. And she says, yeah, absolutely. Now, I again, I do know her husband is deceased. But I closed my eyes and I all of a sudden in my mind's eye, I saw a man in a red flannel shirt chopping some wood. And she says, oh, she says, my husband used to do that you know, in the wintertime. I thought, oh, great. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I see a toy train going around a Christmas tree. And this was just before Christmas. So uh, she says, oh, that's funny. She says, you know, my husband would put up that train every year. We never could get it to work going around the Christmas tree. And then weird as this is, in my right hand, I felt a, a blue marble, like a big blue marble. And so, I mean, that's so bizarre. Why would I make that up? And I told it to her and didn't her husband collect marbles and she had given him a, a big blue marble. So, I mean, that to me was a sure sign that I'm connected to this man. And so very naturally, I just shared what I felt he would be saying to her and just trusted that the information that came out would would be okay. And basically, it was a message like he maybe didn't feel comfortable with those other mediums and he felt comfortable here. And, uh, and there were some more personal things, but it, anyways, it was beautiful. So yeah, I'll talk more to you about Banyan because that's the most, the latest thing that I've done. But if you want to take a peek at what that's all about, I'm going back there over Easter. There's something called Whispers from the Soul and it'll be March 29th through April 2nd. And it's actually an experience that'll change your life. Banyanretreat.com is that website, but I'll tell you more about that later. So just beyond regular mediums, there are mediums that are called spirit artists. In fact, they draw pictures of your loved ones. And sometimes they draw pictures of your person as they actually lived. And sometimes they draw pictures of them, of the people as they were when they were young. And I had a spirit artist draw a picture of my dad. And it was a bonus because she was also tapping into my dad. And it was as if he was just whispering into her ear so many personal things and conversations we had. But she drew a picture of my dad, how he looked maybe in his 20s. And she says that when we cross over, we get to be our favorite age. And, you know, there's no pain. We don't have to wear glasses. You know, whatever our ailments are, they're gone. And uh, just a little sideline to all of this, even though I'm giving you some bits and pieces of why I believe in the afterlife, I'm so grateful that I got to be a guest with HelpingParentsHeal.org. They had an online meeting and I was their guest speaker and they gave me a copy of the video and I put it on YouTube. And why I'm saying this is during the uh, episode, I give my whole story. And in addition to, I created the slideshow and I've got uh, the top 10 reasons Sandra believes in the afterlife is the slideshow. And on every slide, there are pictures that go along with the reasons that I believe in the afterlife. So on this, talking about spirit artists, you'll actually see pictures of people as they lived and then who the spirit artist drew. Pretty incredible. So if you want to find that, uh, you can go to YouTube and just type in Grief and the Afterlife. Well, this is what it's called. Grief and the Afterlife. Sandra Champlain talks to HelpingParentsHeal.org. Or also, if you just type in We Don't Die Radio, you can scroll down to, to that episode. It's pretty good. Most of my episodes, well, all of my episodes are audio, but this is actually one that is a video. So it's, I like it. So on my website, which is WeDon'tDieRadio.com, 
if you would like to sign up for my mailing list, and those who are on it know, like, I very rarely email you, so no spam. But there's something called Join the Insiders Club. And I also have created this PDF file that's called Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife, because as you can see, I really do believe. And within that document, there are links that you can click on to find out more about what I'm talking about in this episode. Okay, so there's more than what I'm just going through now. But you may be someone who's grieving the physical death of a loved one right now. And to you, I am sorry. And I I do believe grief is the most painful thing any human being has to endure. So I wish I could give you the magic potion to alleviate your pain and give you hope and all that. I don't have a magic potion. But what I do have is something called How to Survive Grief, which you get um, as part of being my in this insider's club on my mailing list. It's free. It's all free. And what it does is it helps you understand what's happening in your brain, and it does give you some tools to alleviate the pain and understand grief. It also says that there's a few free chapters of my book that you get, but in truth, my friend, it is the entire book. I'm committed that I, I give you everything I know about the afterlife, about living a good life, about grief. And my book was published actually over four years ago. So since I wrote it, obviously I've learned so much more. And that's why I have this radio show, to hear from other guests and to give you my journey as well. So please go to wedontdieradio.com and click on the Insiders Club and um, and you can get all kinds of free stuff. So here's another reason I believe in life after death. There's something called induced after death communication and grief reattachment therapy. There are drug-free grief therapies that actually bring your mind into a very deep state. And you're guided with a therapist, certified therapist, so not doing this on your own, but you're guided into a deep state where you will actually be able to communicate with your loved one. Now, this might sound like science fiction, and I can totally understand that, but it's not. It's real. It does take many hours. It is for the deeply grieving, but it is real. So again, go to my website and you can find out more about that on that PDF file, the 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife. Our minds are very, very powerful. And I think you know that, but our minds are so busy these days, you know, besides us thinking about the past, the future, what's going on right now, our problems, the work, the kids, what to have for dinner. We're also flooded with music might be going on in the background, all kinds of distractions, TV, internet, text messages, you name it, there's lots going on. And I want to tell you that the way mediums and even this grief therapy works is to learn to quiet the mind and become aware. You know, if we close our eyes right now, are we really aware of everything around us? You know, the sounds, the sights, the smells, what what's around? I don't think so. It's definitely a muscle to build, but I it will pay off. I'm on this journey as well. You know, I promise you that. On uh, just a couple episodes ago, it was episode 226 with Helen DeVita, who's a teacher at the Arthur Finley College. And we talk about awareness. And we all, I believe, want to have signs from our loved ones that they're with us. But we get frustrated because we, we don't get signs. And here's the thing. If we're not aware, we can't notice them. I can imagine them getting frustrated. And, you know, I don't think there's frustration in the afterlife, but can you imagine them standing next to you right now saying, I'm right here standing next to you. 
And, uh, but we can't hear it. We're busy multitasking with work, emails, texts, and we really haven't built the muscle of how to be aware. So by being aware, being in the present moment is the most important thing. And even doing something, what I call sitting in the power is important. Let's imagine what your cell phone, let's just imagine how well your cell phone would work if you didn't plug it in and charge it. Uh, Guess what? It won't work. Could you imagine how well you would work if you didn't eat or drink? Not so well. You'd be dead. So sitting in the power is like feeding our spirit. Again, to our negative mind, this might sound like crazy, but it is something very, very real. And this is what I do. I find a quiet place for 10 minutes or so. I close my eyes and I imagine. By the way, having a good, strong imagination is one of the tools to develop in becoming a medium. So imagination is a good thing. So imagine in the middle of your chest right now is a a small, bright white light. So let's call this the divinity within you. So imagine that light grows and grows and grows, and it grows so big that it fills your body and actually breaks out of your pores and skin. And there's this strong white glow emanating from inside you and around you. So imagine that glow grows so big and extends out of the building that you're in and way out in the sky. So now imagine the sun. And I imagine the sun is the divine or the universe or God's bright light. So imagine your light and the light emanating from the sun or God merging together. And now when you have that in your mind, I want you to hold the intention that your spirit is being strengthened, that you are getting the power and healing you need. Then just stop thinking and just rest there for five to 10 minutes. And I know the mind will kick in and you'll start thinking, but try to let go of those thoughts and just have your light be merged with the sunlight. And that's all there is to it. Just like plugging in your cell phone, letting it charge, do this daily. And really watch what happens the more you practice. I I know that um, your intuition, well, for me, I first of all, I feel better. My intuition gets stronger. Uh, it kicks in. I start hearing things in my mind that normally hadn't, haven't. I'm more aware. I'm paying attention. Sometimes I see signs of things that I think, was that meant for me? It's great. There's also often a feeling of this love that I feel around me. So this is a very good practice also for when we start sitting to make connections with your loved ones. And speaking of that, there's no reason why you can't start scheduling five to 10 minutes to talk to your loved ones and feel their presence and let them know you're going to be doing this, you know, tomorrow, 10 a.m. I'm going to sit and try this with me. Talk to them like they're standing by your side because they are. And ask them when you quiet your mind, if they will step in and let you feel their presence. Now they have to work on this from their end. They have to learn how to do this. So this might not be an overnight thing, but by quieting our mind, we raise our vibration. And what they do from their end is they work on lowering their vibration and somehow we meet in the middle. And in time, and maybe it happens right away, I don't know, but in time, you will actually get to feel like maybe the hairs on your uh, skin stand up or you get filled with a feeling of love, but you'll get to feel when they step in and they're, they're with you. 
So I have actually a free audio called Reconnections, and it takes about 20 minutes that you can practice this if you want. If you're watching this episode on YouTube right now or listening on YouTube, this is episode 228, and I have the links below this episode to everything that I'm talking about. But if not, I, ha- I do have a different website. It's simply called wedontdie.com, and you can click on the link on the left called Reconnections to practice this, okay? If your mind is telling you right now that this is a little far out, I want to remind you that you are one of 7 billion people currently trapped by gravity, hurling around the universe on planet Earth. And there are billions and billions of stars and planets and galaxies and solar systems. And I tell you, like my you know 16-year-old me who thought I knew everything, we don't know everything. There's so much more to life than meets the eye. And there's so much more to us than we know. So remember our little fishy, you know, our brains can't get around all of this, but there is something outside of our understanding. So here's a couple of more reasons to believe in the afterlife. Deathbed visitations. So many people before taking their last breath can see into the afterlife. Often there's this spurt of energy. People can even sit out of bed. Some people who've been in coma and they look into the afterlife. People are there to greet them that they haven't seen in years. I even know of an instance of a gentleman who he had some friends pass away while he was in a coma. So he had no idea that they had died. And, you know, when he got his burst of energy and he's looking into the hereafter, you know, he, he told his adult children that those people were there to greet him. He had no idea that they had they had crossed over. So that's pretty cool. Even Steve Jobs, who created Apple, you know, his last words, uh, he, he looked over, I think his sister's shoulder and said, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. You know, there's lots of, uh, lots of examples of that. It's something I want to study more because I think that's just great. So electronic voice phenomena is... Um, you know, they, those in the afterlife are, I think there are scientists there too who are working to try to get in touch with us as well. There are thousands of recorded hours of voices from loved ones captured on computers, cell phones, answering machines, tape recorders. There's even what's called the Soul Phone Foundation and they're working with technology to create this technology in the future that you and I can get in touch with our loved one. It's very real. Even for myself, I, I have captured the sound and the voices of my loved ones. You know, I tell you the whole story on episode one of this show. Uh, I don't know how great the sound quality was because that's when I was just beginning, but it's my story. Pretty incredible. And not just audio, but there's something called visual transcommunication. And if you watch that YouTube video that I was talking about with helping parents heal, I show you some amazing pictures of loved ones coming through on video. It's really simply amazing, such as um, someone's face being videotaped and there is bubble wrap, in fact, you know, just something luminescent in front of their face. And as the recording takes place, the face transforms into the face of maybe their deceased child. There's just Oh, it's, it's wild what's, what's happening. This stuff, again, might sound like science fiction, and I realize that, but it is real. When I first started my journey way back when, I didn't believe in any of this. That's why my book is called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. My mind 
really thought anybody who believed in the afterlife and the hocus pocus and new age stuff and oh my god I just think people were weirdos I really did I actually felt sorry for people in the bookstore when I saw them sitting in the spiritual (laughs) new age section talk about an ego huh Oh, here's another good one. I remember telling people that there's no evidence that near-death experiences were real. I would tell people that that's just what happens when the brain shuts down. You know, like I knew it all. And the the thing is, is I never took the time to research. I just knew. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, as human beings, we think we know the truth, but let's look to see where some of our decisions came from. And, you know, I just believed other people. But when I took the time to research near-death experience is there are millions of people who have had near-death experiences. They flatlined on a table. And not only did they have these unbelievable experiences of whether it's being united with God or Jesus or their loved ones, having a life review, all these kind of things, um, really vivid things. They're there are stories and investigations of blind people who never had sight. And there they were when their body flatlined and they could actually see what's happening in the operating room. Or one woman saw her husband talking to a doctor and the doctor dropped his pen. The um, husband bent over and picked it up, noticed he had one purple sock on, one green sock on. I mean, it's totally random stuff. And she was able to tell her husband that when she came back from her near-death experience. Now, the thing was, is she'd never had vision before, and she saw that. How is that possible? So I ask you, be aware what your mind tells you, and don't always believe it. If there's something I talk about on the show or today, do some research. Don't believe what I say, even, or what other people say. Once we do some investigations ourself. It's so rewarding, but you'll be more apt to believe what you say and what you find. So my latest field of research is the hardest one for my mind to grasp. And it's also the hardest one for me to talk about because I am so afraid that you guys are going to think that I actually have gone off the deep end. But I know it in my heart and soul, it's real. And I am excited to share about it. And I'm going to do it. Yes, I am. And before I, I do, let me just throw out a few other phrases that you may know or may not know about as far as reasons to believe in the afterlife. And again, go to wedontdieradio.com. Join my Insiders Club. Even if you already belong, you can put in your email address again and it'll pop up. And my 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife. So there's clickable links to fly, so you can find out more about these things. So here's some of the things. Reincarnation. Life between lives and past life regression. There's something called precipitation mediumship. There are miracle healings. There are shared death experiences. Heaven talks to children. And of course, I'm just giving you terms. You can research some of these more on my website. But there's also signs that we get from our loved ones. And like I said, our loved ones actually learn how to manipulate energy so they can give us signs. And like I said earlier, we can work with them. We can set a time for them and communicate with them. And even if you don't believe me, it's one of those things where if you put a smile on your face, they say after 30 seconds you feel better. If you start talking to your loved one, even sitting at the kitchen table and have a 
cup across the table, empty cup for them, and you start talking to them as if they are there, and you ask for some signs you'd like to see, and you tell them that you're going to quiet your mind every day or a few times a week, and ask them to step in to feel their energy, they know your pain, they know your grief, they know, they will move heaven and earth to go to the halls of learning is what some call it to learn how to manipulate energy to get in touch with you. So they love you as much as you love them. Love never dies. Energy never dies. So I just want to remind you of that. You know, just because we can't see something doesn't mean it's not true. There's a whole world of ultraviolet lights, um, so, uh, cell phone signals, GPS signals, television rays, all those kind of things. They are invisible, but they are oh so real. If you haven't heard me talk about this yet, there is a yearly weekend conference of over 30 afterlife explorers who speak and show demonstrations, including scientists, doctors, mediums, me, <laughs> and more at the at a gathering in Scottsdale, Arizona every year in September. It's called the Afterlife Symposium. And this year, there may actually be over a thousand people there. And last year, it sold out early. And I want to invite you to come. And not only do you get to hear cutting edge information about what's going on with the world of afterlife communications, which I can tell you, it's mind blowing. And it comes from regular people, you know, really good people that, I mean, like we can believe this. It's not coming from science fiction or a hope or a wish. I mean, this is real on the court, what people are doing right now. But it's also a great place where you can meet like-minded people who will become friends for life. And I know that not everybody can travel to Scottsdale, Arizona in September, but I want to encourage you, you can look at the website afterlifesymposium.org and even join the group that puts this on. It's called Afterlife Research and Education Institute. And they're creating even online communities so we can learn, we can talk about this stuff, we can meet like-minded people. And I know that our minds really try to convince us, even me, that the afterlife isn't real. And like I said, I think it's just like little fishy. You know, he can't handle knowing (laughs) what's outside of his little comfort zone. I mean, let alone breaking out into the air and seeing the planet and the jungles and the forests and the trees and all that stuff. It's it's too much. But when we have a group of like-minded people that we can talk to, communicate with, investigate these things ourselves, you know, it really brings it home. I mean, it really not only gives us life, it helps us to believe that our loved ones who have gone before us, you know, it's just like they took a trip before us and it's only a matter of time we're going to meet them over there. But it can empower us to live a powerful life and really get our money's worth out of a life, which I think is what why our soul came here, you know, is to experience. So often grief stops us, and I don't want that to be the case. If you've listened to my show before, you know that there's a certain kind of pine cone that only grows once it's uh, burned by a huge flame and it's subjected to really high temperatures. And I think grief can crack the nut inside you open and really allow you and me this growth to occur. You know, and it's scary. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's also joyful and rewarding. So 
come visit me in the afterlife symposium.org or just check out some of the, the people and what they're doing because it's great. So now I want to tell you my grand finale is this is what you've been waiting for, or maybe you haven't, but it's my last trip I had to the Banyan Retreat Center in the UK. And again, their ret- their website is banyanretreat.com. Over Thanksgiving 2017, I made my third visit to Banyan Retreat. Now, why does this good girl from Massachusetts make such a long trip across the ocean (laughs) to go to this small retreat center? And believe it or not, I believe that this is the only place on earth where we can witness this kind of miraculous thing. On the show, we've talked about physical mediumship. We've talked about people sitting in private groups at home. I believe in my heart and soul that there are people doing this around the world, but there's no place that we can just go to to have a little taste of this. And there's a story about, I can't remember his name, who was the first guy to run the four-minute mile in a marathon. So before that, it was just impossible. Nobody could run a four-minute mile. Well, this guy did it. And because he did it, everybody started doing it. And it became possible. And I think for our brains, if we have an opportunity to experience something that I call the miraculous, or something like little fishy jumping outside of a safe ocean and seeing so much more, if we can have an experience of it, it can open up our whole world to what else is possible. So you could visit there now just by listening to me, which is fine, because I get not everybody can travel. But the thing is, is if you want to take a risk, and I guarantee it would be great for you, come join me on my next trip to Banyan retreat. It's, um, I'm actually going, it's the, their next retreat that I'm going to is March 29th through April 2nd. It's in Ashford, Kent in the UK. It's about an hour, oh, just over an hour ride from Heathrow Airport. That's where I fly into. A group of us met this past year at the airport in Heathrow, and I rented a, um, well, I didn't rent a car because they drive on the left side. I don't. I rented a, like a taxi service, and we shared the cost, and we drove over there. We all stay at the Holiday Inn, which is just adjacent to it, There's four nights and five days with all meals included, five days of the course, four nights of sleeping there. And we share rooms with other people. You can pay more and have your own room if they're available. But it's 490 pounds, which relates to $600 in U.S. funds for four nights, five days, hotel included, all the meals included. So what I'm about to tell you is what I experienced for that cost, which to me tells me not only is this legitimate, but these are people that are really trying to help others understand the world of the afterlife and get people involved in really seeing the miraculous and seeing what's possible for you. So, I want you to buckle up your seatbelt, and I don't want you to turn this off right now because I'm going to be using some words that, if you heard me before, I, I don't like using, and I, I can tell you exactly why I don't like using them, but physical mediumship ha- deals with something called sitting in the dark 
or red light, ectoplasm, and seances. Now, those can trigger thoughts. And what they do for me is, first of all, seances triggers up thoughts of like Harry Houdini, who used to go to seances and and to see if his mother was still around, you know, people holding hands, sitting around a table in the dark and who is with us, you know, and I don't know. It's just something like I, I never, you know, I feel funny talking about seances, but seances in French just means meeting. (laughs) How about that? So the other thing is the word ectoplasm. If you are a fan of Ghostbusters, which I am, there's this green slimy stuff called ectoplasm. So it's like, oh my God, ectoplasm. I mean, how could I talk about that? That green slimy stuff that can't possibly be real. So don't turn off this episode. Let me tell you. Ectoplasm. Okay, so let me set the picture for you at Banyan Retreat Center. There's, oh gosh, you're met by the most loving people, first of all. It's five days about learning about the afterlife, seeing demonstrations of mediumship, practicing. You know, there's mediums that actually work with the group and do platform reading. So your loved one can come through. It's filled with love. But you also learn. You learn about people from the past, what they've done, what's currently going on. And, you know, you get a taste of this. But twice over the the five days, they do what they call a seance, right? And I can tell you, I have a whole episode about my first experience, which uh, I see, like I said, it's like I still... It's so weird talking about it, but it's so, so real. And the medium here, there's uh, Scott Milligan is the medium at Banyan, but I've also met David Thompson in the past. But they sit in a cabinet. It's got three wooden walls, a top, and then a, a black curtain in front. And why they sit there is because they build up energy and now again, this might sound crazy, but there's actually a substance that emanates from them. And this is what's called the ectoplasm. And it can come out as like a white sheet, come out as like a, a gas. And our loved ones somehow can step into it and be real again in the room. And, you know, the mind wants to say that it's not possible. It's done in the dark. There's no proof. Da, 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 da. Well, if you don't experience it, you, you can't really get your head around what I'm saying. Cause I can totally get how this sounds like, like nonsense. But what if I were to tell you that within that room, people's loved ones spoke to them in their voice with messages only they would know? What if I were to tell you that People have been touched by their loved ones. People feel the face of their husband who say maybe had a a beard or something like that, you know, come close to them. And while a lot of touch doesn't happen in what I have witnessed thus far, certainly the voices have come through. The two, three, at least three or four different seances I've been to, there's a Christmas tree present and invisible spirit children came out and you could hear them unwrap Christmas presents and play with them and toys moving all around the wor- the room. Man, it's, it, it's like nothing I can even tell you or relate to. At this last one that I went to, there was this glow in the dark. It was about the size of an iPad, but glow in the dark. And there was actually a spirit child who was walking around the room. And in the glow in the dark, I could see their small fingers holding the pad and moving. 
it is beyond what the mind can get around. And again, I take you back to me being afraid of these words, ectoplasm and uh, seances and stuff. But I have this great book, and it's called The History of Ghosts, The True Story of Seances, Mediums, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters. Dan Aykroyd, who wrote Ghostbusters and starred in it, is son of Peter Aykroyd. Peter Aykroyd grew up in a family that did seances. He actually witnessed this phenomena. Uh, his grandfather, as a boy, but his grandfather had a chest filled with all the experiments they did and these things that happened in their home circle and the people that had come through and the communication that happened. And through the stories of what he witnessed, he told his son, Dan, who got hold of the word ectoplasm and actually created, you know, used that for the movie. So while I'm so afraid of saying ectoplasm because I'm afraid when people think of Ghostbusters, I can actually have confidence now because the whole concept of this actually came from the family of Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd, who wrote Ghostbusters, feels very strongly in the afterlife and that this is all possible. So how could it be possible that a medium could emanate this stuff called ectoplasm? I don't know. But what I do know is if we look at our hands right now, we see our fingernails, we see 10 fingers, and we think we are real. But if you look under a really great microscope and you take each and every particle that we are made of right now, we are you know, if we had a tiny little camera that we can put in our, the tiniest little atom inside of us, we would actually see nothing. We all human beings and everything we see around us are made up of energy, invisible energy, just bouncing around these strings of energy. We live, I think, in this illusion that time and space is real, that you know, everything we see and touch and taste and feel and smell is real and we have to see it to believe it. Or, But down to our smallest particle, everything we see and who we are is all energy. And if we are on planet Earth hurling around this unending universe, who am I to know for sure that something like ectoplasm isn't possible? How can I tell you, how can I not tell you what I've experienced? And to actually hear people's, like there's this um, trumpet, they call it, that people's voices come through. This ectoplasm can form a voice box that people speak through and, and through the trumpet. So could you imagine hearing the voice and messages from your loved one? Could you imagine feeling them? There were a lot of these physical mediums in the past, over the turn of the century, even into the 40s and 50s. And I do think because of the wartime and there was so much death and there were so many people that would sit together, 
families that we didn't have the television or the computer to go to at the end of the day, families would sit together and sing songs and have a lot of love. And those are the times that people would sit together for the spirit world to come through. There are some amazing mediums of the past, people like Alec Harris and Minnie Harrison and Helen Duncan and so many more that loved ones would come through not just in the dark, but in a very dim red light. But people could see them, see them, touch them. There's a fellow who was a physical medium who is not quite retired, but is is on his way to retirement. And there's some audios that I got from him that with his permission, I'll find a way to, to share them with you. But there's stories from people who witnessed these things and they're Mothers have come through. Their fathers have come through. They've seen them. They've touched them. There was even a man that came through, said it, it was this woman's father, and gave the name, whatever, David. And she says, no, that wasn't my father's name. And she says, and the, and the father said, no, you go tell your mother that David was my real name. And then also he whistled a little tune and said, you go whistle this to your mother. And so the story is this woman actually went home, come to find out her father's real name on his birth certificate birth certificate was David. And she remembered the little tune. She whistled it to the mother and the mother started to cry. Well, when they were young and they were courting, the father uh, would wait outside this the, the woman's house and he'd whistle that little tune. And that was the little secret sign to come sneak outside for a kiss. You know, these stories like that. So again, it is baffling to the mind that this could be possible. But I've made now four trips to Banyan and I've witnessed it for not a lot of money. In fact, if you just attend a seance there, it's 35 pounds, which I don't know what that is in dollars, maybe 45 bucks. Not a lot of money. So nobody's getting rich off this. And if you were to feel the people there, you'll get that it's all love. In fact, I told um, Nick and Stephen, who run Banyan Retreat, that I, I had one day there that I said, I've never felt this much love. I, and I, it, it is outrageously wonderful. So I have a commitment to share what it is they're doing. It may be a once in a lifetime event for you, but if you are at all willing, I invite you to come. You can find out more actually. They have a website, whispersfromthesoul.co.uk. This next one's held March 29th through April 2nd. And besides witnessing two of these seances, there is plenty of education about the world of physical mediumship and the world of mediumship also. Get to learn about mediumship, learn what our loved ones are doing in the hereafter, really feel a connection with them to see the demonstrations of mediumship and practice ourselves. You know, it's, oh gosh, I would pay a lot more is what I'm going to tell you to experience what I've experienced there. Scott Milligan, he is the physical medium whose like residence is, is there there is a woman named Eileen Davies, who's one of the top mediums in the world. She's also a Arthur Finley College tutor. And she not only does demonstrations and teaches mediumship, but 
she goes into the trance state and there's actually people that speak through her, people from the unseen world. And again, to our brains are trying to say, nah, this isn't possible. I'm going to tell you it is possible and it is real. What else do I want to tell you about that? Yeah, I, I think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, not for me, because to me, that's a priority. And so few people know about it. In fact, just talking to Nick, he said, oh, only 20, 20 people are registered right now. And there were only about 30 at the last one. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a gem and people don't know about it. And I said, you know, with your permission, I'd love to share about it on my show and invite people. So again, you know, the price, yeah, there is a price in your airline ticket. I get that, especially for those of us that are living in the United States or Australia or wherever, Europe, there is a cost in your airline ticket. But for food and coffee and tea and your hotel room and an unbelievable amount of love, education, four nights and five days at the beautiful Banyan retreat for 600 US dollars. Yeah. If you can do it, please join me. You can feel free to email me, sandrachamplain at gmail.com, and I can certainly help you with how to figure out how to get there. But I want to make sure places like Banyan stay on planet Earth because it's a jewel. It really is. It's a jewel. And can I say that all physical mediums are real? No, I can't. There have been people that have been outed for fraud. Certainly things that are happening in the dark really tend to make our minds think it can't be possible. But if you witness it and um, and even start getting in, interested in what physical mediumship is, in our afterlifesymposium.org, we will have uh, talks about physical mediumship and, and how to get started in a circle. And I've talked to people about how to start your own circle. And if you get nothing else out of this episode, I, I really want you to realize that there is more to life than meets the eye. You are so much more powerful than you know. If you can remember that little fish, right? It can't handle, the, it's, the mind of that little fish cannot handle the reality that exists outside swimming in its little coral reef. Can't fathom the reality of the air, what even air is, what the rest of our planet looks like, our technology, let alone the planets and the solar system and the universe. It's mind-blowing. We are like that fish. It's so much more comfortable for us to be where we're at, even if it's not physically comfortable, but our minds will tell us it is more comfortable to be where we are than take a risk and do something. And I can tell you something from experience. When we throw our hat over the wall, and say, you know, I'm getting over there. I don't know how, but I've got to go retrieve my hat. If we can buy a book, sign up for a course, go to the symposium, travel with me to Banyan, you make a commitment. What happens is your life seems to alter. Things that are on the horizon start showing up now. You have an intention to learn mediumship. All of a sudden, you're going to start hearing things in your mind and signs will occur. It's, it's fascinating how it happens. Um, you know, it's like the effect of somebody buying a, a new car. You know, you know, you're going to buy this hot new hot rod, right? 
and then I want it in shiny red, candy apple red. And then next thing you know, because you're buying it, you start seeing them all over the place. Or if you're going on a trip to Hawaii, you know, you start seeing people with wearing Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts. When we commit to something, even if it's outside our understanding, things start happening. You know, we are some powerful critters as, as human beings. So I want to leave you with just imagining the fishy, you know, the fish swimming around. It's hard for us to get our head around some of the concepts that I, I spoke about today. I get that. You know, it's hard for me to even talk about it, but I will be doing you a disservice if I don't tell you my truth, my reality, my findings. We are very, 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 very powerful. Let's see. There's something else I want to tell you about, but I, I don't know if it's silly or not, but I'm going to tell you because it's right here. It's about a banana. <laughs> uh, we've talked about the power of our thoughts. Someone had told me in one of the episodes, and this is a beautiful demonstration, is if you were to get a bunch of bananas, nice ripe new bananas, and if you put one banana in one room, and you put one banana in another room, and in the one room, you give all love and positive thoughts and gratitude to the banana. Then you go in another room and you tell that banana how awful it is, say negative things, put some negative words around. You watch what happens to those two bananas side by side a week later. You're going to have one really good looking, still fresh banana. And then the other banana is going to be filled with dark spots and old and ripe. So we human beings are souls having a human experience. Our mind is powerful. The power of our thoughts, our words, our deeds. There really is this invisible world around us where our loved ones are. We are not meant to have all the answers how ectoplasm is produced. I have no freaking idea, but I, I know in my heart it's real. But I do know if these things have happened in the past, like the guy who ran that four minute marathon, when more people start experiencing the miraculous, I think the spirit world can really step in. I think technology can change fast and we can create a new future for our children and our grandchildren so that there doesn't have to be the fear of death. There doesn't have to be um, fear that we've lost a loved one, that people can grow up knowing that their life is for a purpose, their loved ones are still around, and that more importantly, they don't have to have a fear of life, that we can all go out, go after our dreams. We fail, so what? We continue on. It's a life as an education for the soul. I want us all to play full out and get our money's worth out of this life. So, Again, I want to invite you to come with me to Banyan Retreat, March 29th through April 2nd. You can go to either banyanretreat.com or whispersfromthesoul.co.uk. I invite you to come to the Afterlife Symposium, afterlifesymposium.org. As always, we don't die radio.com is our home base. I'll give you everything that I have got while I am on planet Earth to make sure you know that you are important, you are loved, you are soul having a human experience, your life matters. Helping other people matter. Your loved ones are just 
beyond the veil. They're, it, they're invisible to you, but they're right with you, cheering you on. And that moment, my friend, that you take your last breath here on planet Earth, I want to promise you that you're going to open your eyes and it'd be like crossing a finish line with everybody cheering you on, including your pets that might have gone be- before you. And I don't want you to say then, oh, I wish I could have done that. So I know things take time. I think I know things take planning and I know things take money uh, and you don't have to do any of them. But if something I said in this episode lights you up to do some more research, I promise you I'll give you everything I've got. So I really want to thank you for listening. My name is Sandra Champlain and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And uh, again, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. <music>